The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Monday morning to you, July 24th. 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us as we begin this last full week of July. Oh, now see, when you say it like that, I get this sudden panic. <laughs> like, what have I done all summer long? It's almost over. That's right. You better get started. I'm telling you, David, over the weekend, I saw the very first back-to-school supplies commercial. <laughs> Not surprising. <laughs> Well, think about it. So last full week of July, actually a week from today is the last day of July. July right. July the 31st, 31st hangs on till next Monday. Correct. So then you have August, four, yes. four quick weeks of August, and then, you know. Back to school. You're looking down the, uh, down the uh, back to school. Okay. Well, so let's not we get there long, yet. Look, we got a long way to go. <laughs> I just, I'm just telling you, this okay. is the last full week of July. Oh, for not sure. to put you into panic mode. <sighs> just, okay. It's the last full week of July. Just a fact. Okay. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Did you enjoy that beautiful weekend? Oh, man. We went over to the coast. Was it gorgeous? Oh, it was incredible. It was literal. There are, there are a few days when you can actually go over to the Oregon coast. I mean, there are many nice days, depending on what you're looking for. But if you're talking about just sunny, warm, no wind during the summer, that's what it was. You know, typically during the summer, if it's sunny, you can get some pretty big wind. You know, you get the northern winds blowing at 10 to 15 miles per hour with higher gusts, which is okay. Mm. But... That wasn't the case. It was just very nice. So we enjoyed it. Yes, I'm burr. I'm, I'm my did face. You got sun, yeah. a little sunburn on the Oregon coast. I Who would did. have ever thought? I, I know. So. You you did send me a picture from your endeavors. You said it was it was gorgeous. I yeah. mean that sky was blue. It was yeah, it so wonderful. Couldn't have been nicer. The ocean was like a lake. It was real still. It was, yeah, there was hardly a little tiny shore break, but that was it. I mean, Aww. yeah, we were over Pacific City, and so you have the little kind of the little bay area there between the Cape Kowanda. And, but yeah, I mean, you know, the dory boats go in and out there, and these guys were just, just putting right putting in. right they, in real yeah, nice and easy. Just huh? nice and easy. Yeah. Oh, see, now I'm, I want to go to the beach. Yeah, it was nice. Okay. How about you? How's your weekend? I needed to come to work. <laughs> in order to rest from my weekend. Yeah. I had such a whirlwind weekend and lots of, I mean, like work happened at, at my house yeah. and, and greeting people. The Encounter Ministries had their big event over the weekend. Uh, I We've been talking a little bit about it. My friend Kevin Minetti is the director of the school that's opening at Ascension Catholic Church here in Portland. Right. And so Scott was a part of that. They had kind of a summer weekend intensive, they called it. Okay. About 120, 130 people mm -hmm. uh, from near and far. I got to see uh, Sister Anne-Marie Warren. She was one of the people oh, there. Nice. So it was a wonderful event. They, uh, they were there Friday night, literally all day Saturday. I want to say from like uh, nine until... 11. Right. 
at night. I mean, they work the whole day. Then on Sunday morning, the gathering of the core team people and, and some special guests who were also there descended upon our house. Okay. Uh, for breakfast. Nice. And so I spent Saturday getting ready for that and then Sunday morning kind of serving everybody. It was intensive work, but boy, these people were really incredible. Yeah. Here's the story, though, I need to tell yeah. you, David. Okay. So there was a family that came. In fact, it was Kevin's family. Yeah. And they all came in and they have three wonderful children. Mm-hmm. Theodore, Emily, and Micah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're, uh, uh, let's see, nine, seven, and five. Five, I believe, is is the range. Right. So I'm in the kitchen getting things right, ready, and young Amica comes up to me, and he says to me, "Hello, Brenda." <laughs> and I said, "Well, good morning." Now I have not seen them in a few years. I said, sure. "Wow, you are m- much taller than I remember you." And then he says to me, "Where's David?" <laughs> he was looking for you. He is one of our top fans, David. Apparently, oh, he listens. All the time. <laughs> and so I laughed. I thought, because, and then at first I'm like, who, yeah. <laughs> who are you talking? What do you mean? Who, Wait, where's where, David? Yeah. And so, and then I, and then what was funny is I reminded him, I said, you know, David and I work together. Right. So he's with his wife doing yeah. something. He's this at the week. beach. I think he was at the beach. <laughs> yeah. And so he loves to listen to the oh, morning blend. Well, if you're listening this morning, thank you. Good morning, yeah. Mike. I told him to listen. And so yeah. hopefully he is. And uh, so, yeah, so that was our weekend. But boy, once fun. everybody left, yeah, I found a spot on the couch and I don't think I moved <laughs> until the evening time. Did you did you make a big pot of oatmeal for everyone? Is that what you did? Oh, no. But we did have an array of breads and yogurt bar and Ooh. I made quiches. And, wow. Yeah, it, it was a spread. That sounds good. And our poor coffee pot was just begging for mercy <laughs> yes. today. Did you bring any leftovers in for me I this morning? Not. I'm kind of hungry. So, no. Uh, well, it sounds like a great weekend. That's that's wonderful that you hosted like that. Uh, what do you have coming up this morning? Well, with a new focus and a bond between the young and old, Pope Francis marked the third annual World Day for Grandparents. For their part, older generation from across the globe prayed for World Youth Day pilgrims that were there for blessing before they headed to Lisbon. Wonderful. And uh, we'll have a wildfire update for you as well. Well, we got a great show ahead for you on this morning. We're going to start things now with Sean Garrison and Open Road. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Matcha Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
Glenn Garrison and Open Road. It is 712 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Monday morning. Well, Robin Moody of the Archdiocese of Portland, she joins us next to give us an update on Church Alive. It's right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Holy Cross Priest Father Jim Gallagher in prayer with the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for sin, for the intentions of all my friends and associates, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. It's barbecue time once again at Our Lady of Peace Retreat in Beaverton. Hi, it's Brenda from the Morning Blend. Join me and the Franciscan Missionary Sisters of Our Lady of Sorrows for their 60th annual family barbecue on Sunday, August 6th. Hello, this is Sister Anne-Marie. And this is Sister Therese. Be a part of our celebration of family, friends, and good food. You can choose takeout, drive through or eat outside on the retreat grounds. We will be serving you your favorites, including mouth-watering hamburgers, pulled pork, or grilled chicken. Find all the details at olpretreat.com. Mark your calendars for Sunday, August 6th as the Franciscan Missionary Sisters of Our Lady of Sorrows host their 60th annual family barbecue. Catch this tasty summer treat with Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. We'll, we'll see, see you there. It is 814 here at Mater Day Radio. Did you get out and enjoy some of those warm temperatures over the weekend? Hopefully so. Although by the looks of it, looks like we have another great day on deck. But they say the clouds are coming. Yeah. We have partly cloudy skies this morning, maybe a few lingering. But they say by lunchtime and into the afternoon, there's a possibility of some measurable rain falling in our area. Those lingering drizzles likely to carry us into the afternoon. Temperature is also going to be much cooler. Highs today reaching 75 degrees. Overnight, we're down to 59 degrees. Now, as the system moves out overnight, we're back to 80 degrees tomorrow. And 
really 80 degree temperature is going to carry right. us through the week. Pretty nice week ahead. Uh, on his feast day, it is 63 degrees at St. Charbel's Church in Portland. And it is 63 degrees at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in Vancouver. Well, we are very honored to have a special guest here in the studio with us, a member of Matre Day Radio's Board of Directors, our newest member, as well as the Communications Director for the Archdiocese of Portland. Robin Moody is here with us. Robin, you told me that you wanted to talk about how the Holy Spirit is moving here in Western Oregon through Archbishop Sample, and uh, how is the Holy Spirit moving here in Western Oregon? The Holy Spirit is moving. Thank you, Patrick. It's such a pleasure to be here this morning with you and with Brenda. Um, It's really incredible being in my position and getting the privilege to watch the Archbishop in his prayerfulness and the way he leads in his role as Archbishop. And we are seeing such an incredible response from the people. Um, There's a huge fidelity to the faith. And that's just increasing. We see it everywhere. And the Archbishop is, um, he feels the Holy Spirit. He feels a great deal of of movement throughout Western Oregon. So he's really excited about that and just moving forward with a lot of different um, things this year. You know, we've got the Healing the Whole Person Conference coming up in November. He's very excited about that. And so we have been running the spots, I think we started last week, and the tickets are going to go on sale for that event August 28th, is that correct? August 28th, yes. So we're just kind of getting people ready for it, because it's going to be a big deal that's going to be uh, happening at Our Lady of LeVang, right? A huge deal, and we're actually going to have some satellite locations for that, because we're anticipating so many people wanting to attend. And we also want to lower barriers by having multiple locations that might be easier for people to attend at. Um, There will be at least one that will be Spanish language so that there will be a live stream with translators so that people can, can experience the conference in Spanish. So people may know uh, Dr. Bart Schutz as well as uh, Sister Miriam James Heidland, who's actually from from the Pacific Northwest. Tell us a little bit about the program, the John Paul II Healing Center, what they do and what people can expect from the conference. Yeah, they uh, they do so much. They organize these incredible conferences that really bring about spiritual and physical healing for people. Um, I've had the privilege of being part of the core team organizers. And I haven't experienced this conference before, but I've got a couple people on my team who have. And while they they were at the conference years ago, they experienced spiritual healing and it still affects their lives to this day. It's a huge blessing on their lives to this day. I had some friends of mine in Texas that have gone through the same thing, and it radically transformed their lives, mm-hmm. the healing that they received. through. And they had to go to Florida for this conference, because I believe that's where the John Paul II uh, Healing Center is located. They went there. Oh, yeah. So People to have them come to us is, is really a big deal. It's huge. It's huge. So... so To keep up with that and other events, you have developed an incredible newsletter that comes out every Thursday, Church Alive. And if people aren't subscribing to that, they they need to get involved. It is really rich. Yes, please join us. And you can sign up on our website, archdpdx.org. And in the Church Alive, I mean, it really goes back to the, the Holy Spirit moving in 
our archdiocese. The church is alive. And um, I think it's really important for people to know that the archbishop's praying for them every day. We include his messages in the Church Alive newsletter. And just know that um, you're part of a community and the newsletter is there to really link people to events and news from the archdiocese. I love the relationship we have where we can support the items there in the newsletter with with features that Brenda can do here on the Morning Blend or through our podcast or or that kind of content. But we're pl- we're getting together and, and kind of planning some some new things that we can put on the app. I'm really excited about that. So excited! We're so grateful that you helped us with the Celebrate Life Novena. That was. A fantastic partnership. I want to tell you, so I prayed that every night during during the nine days leading up to the big mass, and it just really became something I looked forward to in the evenings, and it, it was powerful. Robin, I know you you were contributed to that. I hear, heard your voice on those prayers, and along with Monsignor O'Connor, it really moved me. I want to thank you for that, but it was an honor for us to put that together and to be able to present that. It's still on the app, so I guess anybody, you know, it's always time for pro-life, right? So Exactly. You can pray that anytime, anytime and check it out. But we've got more coming. That was just the first uh, little domino and many more to come. So a few surprises up our sleeves that you'll have to have to tune in for. Definitely. So it's a Hail Mary Media app, and you can find out all about that at MatraDayRadio.com. Again, how do they get signed up for the Church Alive newsletter? They can go to our website, archdpdx.org. And if you scroll down, there's a button that says Church Alive Newsletter. Just click on that. You can also email us at news at archdpdx.org. And it is really well done. It is very vibrant, very um, eye appealing, if you will. It really looks good, Robin. You've done a great job. I want to say hot off the presses, but there aren't aren't any presses anymore. (laughs) No, but it goes out every Thursday at three o'clock. Well, that's Robin Moody. Robin is the Communications Director for the Archdiocese of Portland, also a member, uh, the newest member of the Matra Day Radio Board of Directors. So you're my boss. I better be on proper behavior here, Robin. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. And it is 722 at Mater Day Radio. Well, one of the ways you can support Mater Day Radio, our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, a truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. It'll take you to the main page. Really quick and easy process. Just a couple of forms to fill out and you are good to go. And it is a likely tax deduction for you as well. That is Mater Dei Radio's Vehicle Donation Program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. 
Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on, where a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with Deep Virtue number 79. You know, I'm a private pilot and I was doing my check ride. I was about to get my license. Flew from the island of Oahu over to Lanai. Took off from Lanai, went over to Molokai with my instructor next to me. We landed in Molokai and he said, turn it around and let's go. So I spun the plane around, and I really, frankly, wasn't quite ready. I didn't have my, I just didn't feel set like I had my lines up all, all, all correct. But he said, "Go." So I went, which is really not right because I was the pilot in command. It was my choice when to go or not to go. And I put down full throttle, and right away the plane started uh, edging towards the left of the runway. Now airplanes, propeller-driven airplanes, have a tendency. They have a left-turning tendency. They tend to want to go left because of the rotation of the propeller. And so as we're, I've got lift off. And you know what? There's a sign coming up that I'm pretty sure I'm going to hit. And my flight instructor grabs a plane and fixes what I had, hadn't been able to do. And we take off and he goes, I hope you don't mind if I took care of that little situation back there. When you hit uh, a sign like that on the runway, there's all kinds of paperwork and stuff you have to fill out afterwards. So I hope you don't mind if I did that. But we are meant to fly. God gave us a spirit. We are meant to fly. But we have left-turning tendencies. We have something in us, a fallen nature, original sin, that makes us kind of want to turn aside. And you have to always alter uh, your course. You always always have to uh, fix your direction. And so I'm challenging you today, as you're, as you're flying in your little Cessna, to keep your compass, keep your headings, keep your direction on the Lord. All through the day, you're going to have tension and things that are going to want to pull you away from the direction God has for your life. Keep your center of peace. Keep your eyes on Him. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with Deep Virtue number 79. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. Hi, everyone. This is David from Day Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Matraday Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. Morning may have broken, but don't fret. David and Brenda can fix it. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Day Radio. 726 at Day Radio, and wildfires continue to burn around the region. We'll have the latest for you in the news. And the older generations gathered from across the globe at St. Peter's. Well, they bless World Youth Day pilgrims. That story coming up. Right after this, it is Sarah Kroger standing in your light. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
It's Eric Kroga and standing in your light. It is 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In your news this morning, calling for a new bond between the young and old, Pope Francis marked the third annual World Day for grandparents and the elderly with an intergenerational mass in St. Peter's Basilica. Old age is a blessed time, the Pope affirmed in his homily, for it is the season to be reconciled, a time for looking tenderly at the light that has shone despite the shadows, confident in the hope that the good wheat sown by God will prevail over the weeds with which the devil has wanted to plague our hearts. Sunday marked the first time Pope Francis presided over the special papal mass since initiating the World Day of Grandparents and the Elderly in 2021. The celebration is now held on the fourth Sunday of July. That is the Sunday closest to the July 26th Feast of Joachim and Anne, the grandparents of Jesus. Joining some 6,000 grandparents and older people at the liturgy were young people bound for World Youth Day in Lisbon, Portugal, which begins August 1st. Before the final blessing of Mass, five youth and five elderly people representing the five continents processed to the front of the basilica. The elderly people then place pilgrim crosses around the neck of the young people. Well, it has been a busy time for firefighters around the state. They're dealing with as many as six wildfires throughout Oregon. Now, two of the most difficult blazes are the Flat Fire and the Golden Fire in southern Oregon. More than 40 crews are battling the 20,000-acre Flat Fire, which is burning near the town of Agnes at the confluence of the Illinois and Rogue Rivers. Officials say there is zero containment while crews maintain momentum on hot spots and assess where to put control lines. The other major blaze is the Golden Fire, about 2,000 acres and not contained. Fire started Saturday afternoon on Bly Mountain east of Klamath Falls and continues to spread. A go-now evacuation is in place for some residents in the fire zone. The Red Cross has set up a shelter at Bonanza High School. Now, in Washington, the Newell Fire has grown to 55,000 acres in Klickitat County. Also ablaze yesterday near Astoria off of Highway 30. So, um, busy time right now. So, maybe a little cooler weather today will help out, although... I don't think any showers are supposed to reach the southern area Oregon that region, but uh, yeah, we'll hope. An American bioethics center, along with Catholic bishops of the United States, are warning that a proposed redefinition of brain death could lead to dire consequences. With the legal body meeting this week set to vote on the issue, the National Catholic Bioethics Center and the USCCB wrote in a letter that a proposed revision to the 1981 Uniform Determination of Death Act would replace the standard of whole brain death with one of partial brain death. The Uniform Law Commission, a nonprofit organization based in Chicago that drafts model legislation for states, is holding its annual meeting in Hawaii and might vote on whether to recommend that U.S. states change the legal definition of death. The NCBC and USCCB warned that the proposed revision will allow patients who exhibit partial brain function to be declared legally dead when they are not biologically dead. The letter cautioned that revised standards to support the idea that partial brain death is sufficient for vital organ retrieval 
could have an unattended effect of dissuading people from becoming organ donors. While Pope John Paul II said that organ donation can be a genuine act of love that entails a giving something of ourselves, the proper conditions must be met before vital organs such as the heart may be procured only after death has been determined with moral certitude. Yeah, here's some good news for would-be travelers to and from Central Oregon. Horizon Air will resume flying between Portland International Airport and the Redmond Municipal Airport in November, restoring a route that stopped flying in 2021. The air carrier will make the trip between the two locales between November 29th through April 30th, a time when travel across the Cascade Range can be a bit challenging if not treacherous due to snow and icy conditions. Horizon says it stopped flying between Portland and Redmond during the pandemic because of regional capacity constraints. Crew and aircraft shortages have been hindering many airlines. Because of the newly restored flight is only seasonal, Portland at Redmond still won't have a direct connection for most of the year. On Saturday, volunteers joined as part of an army of citizen scientists in a massive undertaking, a neighborhood-by-neighborhood heat mapping project spanning Multnomah, Washington, and Clackamas County that will identify the region's heat island, the hottest areas that experience the most harmful health effects of rising temperatures. The data will help inform local cooling solutions in the most affected neighborhoods and policies to deal with extreme heat, an emerging public health threat in the Portland region and across the world. In recent years, climate change has brought severe heat waves leading to an increase in heat-related death and illness in Oregon. Extreme heat now kills more Americans than any other weather event. The heat mapping campaign comes on the heels of Multnomah County filing a lawsuit against fossil fuel corporations over the deadly 2021 heat dome. In the lawsuit, the county says it has already spent millions of dollars establishing emergency cooling centers, supplying air conditioning units to residents and responding to heat-related illness. And it will spend billions more to prepare for severe public health emergencies related to extreme heat in the future. And in sports, Brian Harmon won the 151st Open Championship on Sunday, sealing the first major of his career in dominant fashion. The 36-year-old had taken a commanding five-stroke lead into the final round. He rebounded from two early bogeys to card a closing one under 70 to finish 13 under par overall, securing him a $3 million payday. Very nice. So this was his first major. Yeah, it was. And then in the U.S. Open, uh, Wyndham Clark, that was his, I think, his first major win, too. It was, yeah. All of these younger younger golfers coming in. So the Americans have done well in the majors. So uh, Brooks Kepka won the PGA Championship. Wyndham Clark won the U.S. Open. And now uh, Harmon won the Open across the pond. So uh, it's been a good year for American golfers, needless to say, uh, winning those three majors. Throughout history, God has chosen certain individuals to work stunning miracles that reveal his great power and love for all humanity. Among them, St. Charbel has proven time and time again to be a powerful intercessor through whom God desires to reveal his healing touch. He was a humble and holy hermit whose weaknesses became great strengths in the hands of God. 
Charbel was born in 1829 in Lebanon and was raised in a poor shepherd family. As he grew, Charbel was attracted to the hermit's life of the desert and eventually entered the monastery at St. Marin in Anaya. He was faithful to his duties in religious life and drew closer to God every day. After many years, Charbel felt God calling him to become a hermit and was granted permission to live the rest of his life at a hermitage set on a hill near the monastery. Charbel died on Christmas Eve at the age of 70. When his body was later exhumed, it was found to be incorrupt. A holy oil was discovered flowing from the tomb, which has since been the source of numerous miracles. While we are never guaranteed a miracle when praying to God through a saint, the process can often transform our hearts and help us be prepared for whatever God has planned for us. So how many miracles have been performed by St. Charbel by his Mm -hmm. intercession with more than 29,000 registered miracles? St. Charbel is considered to have the most miracles out of the more than 10,000 saints in the history of the church, the only one more so than him, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mm. So you ever been to St. Charbel Church here in Southeast Portland? It is a wonderful yeah. experience. Not only have I been to Mass there, which is a beautiful experience, and they it's a small community, but they just welcome visitors to mm-hmm. come. I've been there for the Lebanese Festival oh, there, yes. too, which uh, is a mighty tasty treat, mm-hmm. too. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, this Wednesday, Deacon David Hams is going to be a busy person. At 1230, he will be praying a rosary for the faithful departed at Gethsemane Chapel in Happy Valley. Then he gets on the road, gets up here, and at 230, will also pray a rosary for the faithfully departed at St. Calvary Mausoleum Chapel here in Portland. Join Deacon to pray a rosary and litany of the faithful departed for your loved ones. And cards are available to request a special intention for the deceased. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Yeah, Stephen Ray is out with a new book on Genesis. He joins us next, and you'll hear about it right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. Do you want to live a truly authentic Catholic life? This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and Monday nights at 7.30, Ken Hellenius and I team up for Living Stones. This dynamic weekly show will help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church with practical ways that you can grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. 
Join us for Living Stones, Monday nights at 7.30 on Modern Day E-Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 742 at Mater Day Radio. You know, you look out the window, you can actually see the line of clouds at the front moving in. I see in. it now. Yeah. I matched it up. I was looking at the satellite. It's exactly perfect. That's the line. it. That's there. They, they are. Clouds rolling in. Now, we could actually see a shower or two later today, maybe into this evening. About a 60% chance. A little cooler today. High of 75 degrees. Low overnight, 61. And then for Tuesday, decreasing clouds. This little front, pretty short-lived. It's not real big. So we'll be back up to around 80 degrees for Tuesday. 81 Wednesday, 81 Thursday. Nice week ahead. Currently 57 degrees at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Forest Grove. And 59 degrees at St. Alice Church in Springfield. So if you want to learn about anything... It's important to start at the very beginning. That way, you have a strong foundation to build upon. Well, everything in the Bible, and basically the Catholic Church, starts with the book of Genesis. Now, the Greek word for Genesis means beginning. And this inspired text reveals to us not only our origins, but our purpose, our meaning, and God's plan for mankind. A new Bible study guide and commentary is available from Ignatius Press, on the book of Genesis. And it is also quite the adventure. And I can think of no better person as a guide for this adventure than Steve Ray. Steve is joining me today to step us into the beginning of our faith in his new book, simply called Genesis. Good morning, Steve. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you, Brenda. It's been too long. I always enjoy our interviews together. And uh, the book I just wrote on Genesis is a great and worthy topic, I think. And I'm looking forward to talking with you about it. I'll tell our listeners to strap on their their seatbelts because this is an adventure <laughs> for sure. Steve, look, there are ancient stories in this book. Creation, Adam and Eve, Noah and the flood, and of course, Abraham. God seemed very active, too, and involved in these first stories of our salvation history. Kind of set the stage for the book of Genesis. Well, the book of Genesis is obviously the first book of the Bible, so everything else is built off of that, like you just said. It's the beginning. And it tell, in a way, I'd say it's the most important book of the Bible because it gives us an idea of who we are, where we came from, what our destiny is, where are we going, why is there suffering and troubles and problems and pain in the world. That's not the way God made it, but he explains why that happened. And the book of Genesis also tells that there's going to be, the uh, God himself is going to drop behind enemy lines in the future, and he's going to rectify it. He's going to fix the problems, which he did in his son, Jesus Christ. And it's kind of a subversive dropping behind the enemy lines to start a rebellion, to bring back that a new kingdom that God is reestablishing. And so the whole book of Genesis lays all of this out, how it begins. And the book, the first 11 chapters deal with, like you said, creation, and then the fall of man because of sin, and then Noah, they're starting over again in Tower of Babel. But the book of Genesis, most people think of it only as the creation story, but that's only the first three chapters. But the last 40 chapters of the book deal with four, actually three, yeah, four of the most important patriarchs. You deal with Abraham, his son Isaac, and then that gnarly, crazy character named Jacob, who is just 
is a fun story to talk about and read, and then Joseph. So the last 40 chapters are on Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And I have to admit that when I finished writing the book, I was sad because I really got to know these characters. I enjoyed interacting with them, explaining them in a way, inviting them into the living room to discuss this with them before I wrote it in the book uh, through Scripture. And and, And I use a lot of Jewish commentaries, Catholic church fathers, secular. Uh, so it's really, I think, a well, well-rounded book. And I've been told it reads like a novel. Oh, perfect. Because the book of Genesis is complex and there are stories in it. You know, we look at the seven days that God took to create the entire earth. And then there was a great flood where Noah managed to give two of every kind of animal into the boat. And then, of course, the story of Abraham and having a, a conversation with an angel to 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 save his son. These are stories, and I think many people go, yeah, well, for something written a long time ago, stories is how they relay information. But are there archaeological findings? And you've been around the world, Steve, on so many pilgrimage, taking people to all of these places on Earth. Are there archaeological findings that supports and tells us, yes, this is our history? Yeah, my whole approach to writing the book of Genesis is that this is true history. It's God's revelation to man. In other words, he created us with nose to smell, taste, hear, uh, and, and touch and feel those five senses. And all of that we pick up from those five senses has to be processed by the gray matter in between our ears, our brain. But that doesn't tell us why things happen. We can't go back in the future to figure out how it first began or why it began. We can only determine certain things and very limited in that. God has given us a revelation and it begins with Genesis. He gives us a revelation to inform us of things that we could never know or discover ourselves. We can know something about God. In Romans 1, it says that we can know something of his divine nature and his power and so on by the things that he has made. It's a word, the Greek word poema, by the way, of his great masterpiece. We can learn something about him, but only limited amount in our natural selves. We need a revelation from God. God gives us that revelation in Scripture. It's his divine story, and it's true. When you go back and say Abraham came from Ur of the Chaldeans, that's the land of Iraq, and he came from a certain place while we went back there, and there is the ziggurat, the pyramid that he used to worship at. Abraham was a pagan until he was 75 years old. He worshiped other gods. And those places are there. The archaeology is there. I've been up to the top of the pyramid that he would have worshipped at in in, uh, in Iraq. And there's all of the paraphernalia, the, the pottery and the jugs and the jewelry and all of the wealth of that city of Ur. That's where he came from. All that once you get into Israel, then obviously all of that is very historical, and you can all of those stories could be tested. And, and the Bible's been challenged so many times. And guess what? It's still the number one seller. And it's still everybody knows it's a true book. But, you know, even with creation, it wasn't written. The creation story was not written for a scientific community. If if God had presented to Moses and the early Israelites his formula for creating light and his formula for creating the universe, nobody would even understand it today. Far too complex from the mind of God to create everything out of nothing. We wouldn't even understand the formula if he wrote it out for us on a blackboard. 
But what it does is it presents the story of creation in a way that people can understand at a pre-scientific age. It uses symbolism a lot, and it tells us how we got here. And in the seventh day, it said God rested. And people say, oh, he must have been really tired. No, God never gets tired. He's not a, a physical being. When it says that he rested, in the Hebrew, it means he ceased from his labors. In other words, he took that all of that creation energy, and, and then he ceased from his life, and he stood back and said, what I have made is very, very good. And he then is continuing to work. He never stops working. If he worked, stopped, he keeps us in existence every day. If he didn't physically keep us in existence, we would vanish. So this is the whole idea of the creation story was written so that we could understand how we got here, what the purpose and meaning of our being here, and why we got into the trouble we got into in Genesis 3. Steve Ray joining us this morning on The Morning Bland, his new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary out by Ignatius Press. Steve, you mentioned uh, just a, a few minutes ago talking about the commentary that you put together and you referenced many Jewish commentaries and rabbis and also our own Catholic faith. Is our understanding of salvation history and interpretation of the of this book of the Bible very similar or even identical to that of our Jewish brothers and sisters who look to this book as a foundation of their faith as well? Yes and no. It is because they understand how God created the universe, how he created mankind and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. What they do not see when they study Genesis is what is the fuller revelation that we now have in Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is the Messiah that was promised all the way back in Genesis 3 when sin came in. God went walking in the cool of the evening, looking for Adam and Eve for their regular evening walk. Where are you? And they were hiding from God because they had sinned. And God says, I will bring enmity between the serpent and you and between his seed and your seed. And it's referring to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that there's going to be a savior who comes, who's going to have his heel bit by the serpent, but he's going to crush the head of the serpent. And that's Jesus destroying the devil at the cross when he died. So the Jews understand the whole story like we do, but they do not see the Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I've done in the book is showed typology. What I mean by that is all of the book of Genesis from the very beginning just screams the Trinity. It just screams out that there's going to be a Messiah who's going to come. And when he came, we recognized him as Jesus, which the Jews rejected, and they also reject the Trinity. But even in the beginning, God says, let us make men in our image. What does he mean by us? Well, the writer of the Genesis didn't know about the Trinity at the time because that was something that wasn't revealed till later. But let us make man in our image. Some have said it's the divine plural, like a king says, we have determined, or the angels. But the angels are never said to be involved in the mm. creation. God mm -hmm. creates. And so it comes back to, whereas we now, when we look back with the fullness of revelation in Christ, we see there that's very possibly the Trinity. We, let us make them in our image. So the whole Testament for us Christians, we, we look back through Christ as the lens back into the book of Genesis, and we see a lot of depth and layers of meaning, I think, which the Jews often miss. 
Uh, Steve, and just hearing your commentary, it just, I think of the passage of how the wind blew across the waters. And of course, we know that beautiful image of the Holy Spirit blowing over. Steve, that's the Trinity. Yes. Just real quick, that's the Trinity. God, God is creating. He speaks his word. What's his word? Jesus is the word of God. So you have the Father who speaks his word, Jesus, and the Spirit is over hovering over the water. So there you have the Trinity right there in the first two verses of the Bible. Uh, absolutely perfect. Steve Ray joining us today to talk about his new book, Genesis. It is a Bible study guide and commentary. Steve, this has been a great conversation. There is more to the second longest book in our Bible that I want to talk to you about. I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in the next half hour? Absolutely. 755 at Mater Day Radio. Well, if you haven't done so yet, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. It'll give you access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune in to have uh, the live broadcast on your app, and you can sign up for customized prayer reminders as well. It's Mater Day Radio's Hail Mary Media app. All the details on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Modern Day Radio's Leadership Circle connects through all source communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? AllSource Communications is an independent, local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at AllSourceCommunications.com. That's AllSourceCommunications.com. Or call 503-967-4887 for AllSource Communications. Connecting Monterey Radio's Leadership Circle. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. Grab some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. 7.57 at Mater Day Radio and what NASA is saying about the nation's heat wave. We'll have that for you in the news. And an active shooter inside a Portland area hospital spills out into city streets as police pursue the suspect. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Jory with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saints. Today's saint is St. John Boast. John was born around the year 1544 in England. 
He was educated at Appleby Grammar School at Queens College in Oxford. He became a fellow at the college in 1572. Two years later, he came back to Appleby Grammar School and became a headmaster. Two years after that, he converted to Catholicism. We love our converts. He left his job as headmaster and a few years later was ordained a priest in Reims, France. A month after becoming a priest, he went back to England for missionary work. You may ask yourself, missionary work in England, haven't they already received the gospel for hundreds of years? It's true, however, we're now in a time of the English Reformation. This event was part of the wider European Protestant Revolution that began in Germany with Martin Luther. In 1527 England, King Henry VIII wanted an annulment from his first wife. The Pope refused. In response, the Parliament passed laws abolishing papal authority and declared Henry VIII to be the head of the Church of England. This allowed him to get the annulment he wanted. He went on to have a total of six wives. I'd say the Pope was right to refuse his request for that first annulment. In 1570, Queen Elizabeth is the monarch. Pope Pius V excommunicated her. She made it an act of high treason for any priest to be in England at all. She was in power until 1603. John Boast became known as an effective priest administering sacraments to all the Catholic faithful in England. He was in hiding for 10 years while taking care of the faithful. Unfortunately, it wouldn't last. A former Catholic, Francis Eaglesfield, met John after he just finished offering Mass. Francis asked John for a blessing. In true Judas Iscariot form, this was a sign to the militia that was watching to come and arrest John. He was hanged, drawn, and quartered. They interrogated him for treason. He responded by saying, My function is to invade souls, not to meddle in temporal invasions. John recited the Angelus while he was brutally killed on July 24, 1594. John recited the Angelus while he was brutally killed on July 24, 1594. He's recognized as one of the 40 martyrs of England and Wales during this time period. Lord, grant us the courage to live bold lives like St. John and to preach the gospel in love, no matter what the world might do to us. St. John Boast, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is a three-minute daily show that unpacks the lives of the saints with practical messages for everyday life. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints and to pray with Mater Dei Radio, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. A suspect allegedly killed a security officer and injured a hospital employee in a shooting at Legacy Good Samaritan Good Samaritan Medical Center in Northwest Portland Saturday morning. A few hours after fleeing the medical center, the suspect was stopped in a vehicle by police in Gresham. During the stop, the suspect was shot and killed after officers open fire. No officers were injured. The Good Samaritan Family Birth Center will remain closed until further notice, Legacy Health said in a statement Sunday morning. The employee hurt in the shooting had been hit by shrapnel. They were treated and released Saturday. 
At around 10.57 a.m. Saturday morning, officers responded to a report of a person seen with a firearm inside Legacy Good Samaritan Medical Center on one uh, Northwest 22nd Avenue. Upon arrival, officers were notified that shots had been fired and began searching for the suspect. The medical center was put on lockdown. The suspect soon fled the scene and police set up a perimeter around the neighborhood to locate the suspect. Officers citywide responded to assist, including the special emergency response team and crisis negotiation team. Police finally caught up with the suspect outside a U.S. bank parking lot in Gresham. Later that day, after a standoff, the suspect was killed. Well, with much of the country, especially the southwest, baking under those record high temperatures, NASA says be prepared for more of the same. The space agency scientists warned last week that we haven't even seen the worst of El Nino, and next year will likely be even warmer for the planet. Climate change caused by burning fossil fuels is warming the Earth's temperature, according to the scientists. Last month was the hottest June on record for the planet, so says the EU's Copernicus Climate Change Service. Several days in July were the planet's warmest in modern records being kept by the two climate agencies in the U.S. and Europe. All of that heat is adding up, and scientists believe there is a 50-50 chance that 2023 will be the warmest year on record, and 2024 could exceed it precisely because of El Nino's influence. So I guess we have that to look forward to for next okay. summer as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll do our best mm. to be ready. A common struggle for elderly mass goers is being able to hear in church. So it seems then that the unveiling of a new sound system in St. Peter's Basilica couldn't have come at a better time. It was inaugurated on July 23rd after 10 months of work, just in time for the Papal Mass for the Third World Day for grandparents and the elderly. Some 80 new speakers and state-of-the-art digital system replaced the previous sound system installed nearly 25 years ago in the lead-up to the year 2000 Jubilee. The new system allows for precise and perfect sound, cutting down the echo and reverberation that is typical of such a large space. That, according to lead architect Carlo Carboni, with the new system, the sound seems to come from the altar, giving the congregation a more natural experience during the liturgies, he said. Voices and singing are heard more precisely as the sound distribution has been improved. Much of the work was done in evening hours after Basilica was closed to the public. And it was no small effort. The subflooring wiring that had accumulated over the last 70 years was replaced with about 125 miles of fiber. Wow. The sound system now allows for some 20 distinct areas that can be engaged simultaneously or separately, depending on the celebration. It also seamlessly interfaces with the radio and television broadcasting systems. So I want to know what kind of speakers they are. Because, you know, I think of my days as a, you know, rock and roller. And your speakers were such a big thing and what you have. PV. So (laughs) PV. PV speakers. Remember PV PV amps. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I I was thinking more like, you know, uh, uh, a Bose Bose. system. That's what I, that's Harman Kardon, you know. Harman Kardon. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. I got to look that up. We'll look that now up. And I, now see I'm who interested. The yeah, I'd, okay. I'd, I'd let like, us know. I'd like to know. Well, we're not exactly the Jetsons just yet, but we may be getting close. The Federal Aviation Administration has certified for testing a vehicle that a California startup describes as a flying car. It is the first fully electric vehicle that can both fly and travel on roads to receive U.S. government approval. So Aleph Automotive says that it is vehicle aircraft, dubbed the Model A, is the first flying vehicle that is drivable on public roads and able to park like a normal car. It also has vertical takeoff and landing capabilities. It apparently will be able to carry one or two occupants and will have a road range of 200 miles and a flying range of 110 miles. So four friends started developing the flying car back in 2015, inspired by the Back to the Future movies. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Makes sense, yeah. yeah. So the company expects to sell the vehicle for... $300,000 each with the first delivery targeted for the end of 2025. Does it look like a DeLorean? Yeah, good question. <laughs> that'd Mr. be kind of cool. No, it looks like the little Jetson. The little uh, Jetson car, round yeah, spaceship. Yeah. I love the, the sound of the Jetson car. It makes that little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, scams, they happen all year long. But according to multiple federal agencies, the summer months can be prime time for a number of scams nationwide. Just Friday, the Internal Revenue Service warned taxpayers about a summer surge of tax scams in which thieves send out a barrage of email and text messages promising tax refunds or offers to help fixed the problem. David, I think I got that email. Did you? I think I yeah. did, yeah, because it was about fixing my tax problem, and I knew I was up to date. All right. According to the Better Business Bureau, employment scams and travel scams also rise during the summer. FBI special agent in Seattle, Ethan Via, said, we're always very busy. That summer doesn't seem to be particularly busy, he added, but he does see more charity-type scams and romance scams around the holiday season and Valentine's Day. For those suspecting they might have fallen prey to a scam, well, Via has a few tips. And first of all, he says... A simple phone call to verify who they are speaking with or even just looking something up on the Internet can prevent quite a bit. Mm. So remember to yeah. keep that mind. Always, if it seems too good to be true, yep. it probably, probably is. is. Yep. And and again, to just double check those things. A lot of times they do like to target elderly people with sure. things like tax issues or Social Security right. troubles. And boy, they, they, you know, they get very concerned mm. about those types of things. Yeah. And then that's where they can fall into trouble. Got to be on your guard. Get somebody to help you. Uh, in sports, Portland Pilots women's basketball forward Alex Fowler and men's tennis star Samba Pankin have been named the 2022-23 Father Chester Pruszynski. Student Athletes of the Year. The annual award recognizes the top student athletes for the university on both the men's and women's side who excelled both on the field and in the classroom. So Fowler led the pilots to one of the best seasons in program history, helping the team win the West Coast Conference title and qualify for the NCAA tournament. She also became the first four-time All-WCC first-team player in program history. Pankin was dominant as the number one singles player for the Pilots men's tennis team, earning him WCC Co-Player of the Year honors, becoming the first pilot since Michael Pervilarakis to win the award. So congratulations to both of them. 
The best way to prevent yourself from falling into old routines, bad habits, or harmful sins is to recognize those things or situations that led you to commit them. We all know the bad habits or sins we commit on a daily basis, and most of the time they are preceded by something that can be prevented or at least change. The key is to begin each day recognizing those situations and setting up barriers to protect yourself. This is how the Catholic prayer book and manual of meditations explains this morning spiritual exercise. It says, make a firm resolution to commit no sin during the day. Be on your guard, especially against your most frequent and besetting sin. Consider well all the dangers and occasions of sin which you are likely to meet with and reflect upon the means by which you may escape them. Make a firm resolution to resist every temptation which may fall in your way and ask God the necessary grace to do so. So whatever sin is most difficult for you to resist, you can begin each day by thinking about your schedule and any possible temptations that may arise. Then you can create a game plan where you take deliberate steps to prevent yourself from falling into those bad habits or sins. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And coming up on Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. is a sung mass for St. Anne's Feast Day at Holy Rosary Church here in Portland. All are invited to attend a Misa Cantata according to the Dominican Rite in honor of the Feast of St. Anne. Liturgical music will be provided by Cantores and Ecclesia. And of course, a wine and cheese festival uh, reception will follow in Siena Hall. Remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. And Brenda continues her interview with Steve Ray. It's right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. For more than 33 years, Mater Dei Radio has been sowing the seeds of faith. Your legacy of support continues to bring souls back to Christ, just like Michael Boultry. It's really miraculous. I'd come out of confession, and it was the first time I had met the priest. And I turned on my car, and of course, Mater Dei Radio's on. It was the priest that I had just encountered. It's like, whoa, thanks, Holy Spirit. But then the same thing happened again, where I had just met this priest. But then it happened again, and it was three separate 
separate occasions and three separate priests, God's providence was so clear to me. And I'm getting chills just talking about it. He was making it so clear and so obvious that yes, this is the path. You guys are planting seeds that are bearing fruit now and down the line. Michael Moultrie is just one of many souls the Holy Spirit has reached through Mater Dei Radio. Help us continue to sow the seeds of faith. Hear more of Michael's amazing story and ensure your legacy of giving at MaterDayRadio.com. It is 814 at Mater Day Radio. Well, actually a slight chance of a shower today and maybe even more as we head into the day, into the evening hour, 60% chance. going to be cooler today, high of 75 degrees. Low overnight 61 and then decreasing clouds for tomorrow with a high of 80. Currently 64 degrees at St. Thomas Catholic Church out in Camas. And 63 degrees at Queen of Peace Church in Salem. And I am back with the adventurous Steve Ray. Steve has set out on a journey, an adventure, so to speak, to help us understand more fully the book of Genesis. His new book is out by Ignatius Press, and Steve is staying with us today to talk more about it. Good morning, Steve. Thanks so much for staying with us. Sure, I'm more than happy to. Steve, as we ended our first half of our interview, we began to understand about the Trinity in the way that really right in the very beginnings, that's where we start our understanding of the Trinity, but then also about Christ's mission on earth. So let's start here. Is it even possible to fully realize Christ's mission on earth without fully understanding the content and context of Genesis with reference to a coming Messiah. The whole uh, of Scripture, even the New Testament, it's written by Jews, except for the uh, Luke, who's a Gentile but was very Jewish in his perspective. So the whole idea of the Jewishness of Genesis in the Old Testament flows right in through Jesus and Mary, who were Jewish, and the whole beginning of the New Testament, which is very Jewish. But it all goes back to the book of Genesis. Even the Gospel of John, I've also written a 450-page commentary on John's Gospel called John, a Bible study guided commentary. And he starts his book with, In the Beginning. And I said, well, wait a minute, there's another book that starts that way. Genesis starts with In the Beginning. And I think John is all based on Genesis. And when he says In the Beginning, he's saying, if you want to understand my book that begins with In the Beginning, you have to understand the first one first. So the book of Genesis really lays the groundwork for everything. We talk about Jesus being the priest and the king who gives us out of Jerusalem, brings us his body and blood in the, under the forms of bread and wine. Well, guess what? In Genesis 14, Abraham, who represents the people of God and all of us were still in his loins at the time, he approaches a Jerusalem and out comes the prophet and the king Melchizedek, who brings them bread and wine, which is a very extravagant meal he brought out to Abraham. Abraham gives him a tenth of everything. Melchizedek, the prophet and king, comes out of Jerusalem and brings him bread and wine. The church from the very beginning has always understood that as a picture, prefiguration of Jesus coming out of the city of Jerusalem and bringing us his body and blood, which he did. So right there in Genesis 14, you have the whole foundation. And by the way, the priests that we have today are not priests according to Aaron or the Jewish tribe of Levi. They are priests that their their priesthood goes all the way back 4,000 years ago to Genesis 14. The priests we have today are priests in the order of Melchizedek. We wouldn't even know that without the book of Genesis. 
Well, there are a few other things that we learn about. The very first references to some very important ideas in Uh, everyday life. God is love. And love is talked about right from the very beginning. Tell us about the first that we read about in the book of Genesis. One of the things I did in this book is is talk about the first time things are used, the first time the word love is used, the first time camels are mentioned or priesthood or prayer. Very interesting where they're placed, very strategically, actually. The first time the word love is used is saved all the way for Genesis 22. You never see the word love before Genesis 22. And there it says to Abraham, God says, take your son, your only son whom you love, and offer him as a sacrifice on Mount Moriah. That's the first time the word love is used, of a father for his only begotten son. And if you hear, listen to those words, take your son, your only son whom you love. Is there a verse in the New Testament that reminds you of that? Maybe John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So in this picture of Abraham, who is now going to offer his only begotten son, is a picture of God the Father, who 2,000 years later is going to offer his only begotten son. And guess where Mount Moriah is? It says, take your son to Mount Moriah. We find out that Solomon built his temple on Mount Moriah 1,000 years later. And then 2,000 years later, Mount Moriah is the top of the mountain, the top of Jerusalem. And where was Jesus crucified? in Jerusalem. So the father brought his only begotten son to the same place as Abraham and offered him as a sacrifice there. And then it gets even more interesting. In in the book of Genesis, it says that Isaac carried the wood of the sacrifice on his back. What did Jesus carry on his back on his way to the sacrifice? The wood of the cross. The angel, when Abraham saw the ram with his head stuck in a thorn bush and used that ram as a substitute for his son Abraham. What did Jesus have his head stuck in when he went up to the cross to die? He had his head stuck in a thorn bush too, the crown of thorns. Now, Abraham, he loved his son and he was probably 15 years old, but a 15-year-old boy could have resisted his father over 100 years old. So it also appears that Abraham, and the Jews teach this as well, that Abraham was a willing sacrifice. He didn't fight his father. There's no way his father could have gotten him up on top of a big altar without without, uh, Isaac helping him. So Isaac was a willing victim, just like Jesus was a willing victim. So the parallels between Abraham and Isaac and the sacrifice with Jesus and his son as a sacrifice, you see the whole passion of Christ before you ever get out of the book of Genesis. Steve Ray is joining us on an adventure today into the book of Genesis. His new book title, in fact, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary out by Ignatius Press. Steve, your knowledge of the Old Testament is is vast and your ability to connect it to the world is incredible. For many of us, though, I feel like maybe I might need a stack of history books and uh, a, a big Bible that's written easily for for just common people like me to understand and then crack open the book of your study guide. For our listeners, kind of explain to us, though, how you've written this so that way, well, all of us can get through this book with just a very ease of understanding. I'm not a theologian or a philosopher. I'm a simple guy. And a simple guy who loves the Bible. My mom and dad were Baptists, 
and they taught me to love the Bible from the time I was seven years old or whatever. I had to learn all the books of the Bible and memorize them. They gave me a, a great love and desire for the for the Bible, and I have twenty thousand books in my house about mainly about the Bible. So, but I'm not a theologian or philosopher. I'm not writing this for the uh, you know the high academic realms. I'm writing it for average people with great stories that I tell to relate the book of Genesis. And I, I'll give you two examples. One of the editors who's with Ignatius Press editing over 40 years said she had a hard time editing my book because she kept forgetting she was an editor and she got engrossed in the story and would be reading along 10 pages and said, oops, I got to go back. I'm supposed to be editing this book. And another person who read it said that in chapter two about the creation, that it was so meaningful that they read it with tears running down their eyes about how God had created male and female and his purpose for them and how the male and the female were to interact together under the lordship of Christ and in the garden. And tears are running down her eyes when she read it. She said it was like a a devotional um, Electio Divina kind of a thing. So it really reads like a novel. I, I, I think that many have said they can't set it down. <laughs> so, But I wrote it that way to be fun, but I also brought out the, the deeper meanings and the typology and where the Trinity is being reflected and where you can see Christ in the very beginning. You can see, oh, and by the way, for those three, remember when Abraham was in his tent in the sun at the heat of the day, it was noon and it's so hot. He was in the shade sitting in his tent and all of a sudden there were three men standing there. It doesn't act like they arrived. It's just like they they were there, boom, and he surprised him and he calls them Lord. And we learn that those three strangers there were the Trinity. Ambrose and Augustine and the fathers of the church say, when we see these strangers talking to Abraham, we're walking in very deep waters because here we see the Trinity. So I like to say, where's the only place in the Bible we see where God walked on the earth with all six feet? The Trinity came down to visit Abraham. And so this is something that I, I go into great detail about, too, in the book. Well, it is a big book, many pages, and I just look forward to just reading so much more about this, Steve. I am so appreciative of your time today. We just have a moment left for our listeners. I can't let you go without finding out where's your next adventure coming up that maybe some of our listeners might be excited to join you on one of your pilgrimages. Well, that's great. We, uh, I'm leaving for Poland in a week with two buses. We have four groups going to Israel still this year. Most of them are sold out. I think over the Christmas break, which we have for families, families bring their kids on that trip, and it just is a powerful, powerful effect on children and young adults. And so we still have a few seats there, but the other trips are sold out. Next year, we're going to Jordan and Israel. It's oh. a longer trip, but fascinating because Jordan is the other part of the Holy Land. And so we're going to go to, through Jordan and Israel. We're doing Holy Land Part 2, which is all new sites that we don't do on our normal Holy Land trip. We have a St. Paul cruise coming up where we're going to follow all the footprints of St. Paul through Turkey and Greece on a ship. And then we've got coming up in, in uh, 2025, we're going to see the Shroud of Turin, and we're going to be doing the Saints and Shrines of Italy because it's going to be the 25th Jubilee, a 25-year Jubilee. So we're going to Italy, and we're invited Teresa Tamio to come with us on that. And a lot of other trips, too. They're selling up fast. A lot of people know Father Dwight Longenecker. He's of going with us on a trip. He's going with us in May, and we're going to kind of tag team on that one, and we're going to both be teaching together along that. So people really should jump on that one in May of next year. And go to catholicconvert.com. Everything's there. You can buy my book there. It's autographed. Every book that I sell, has I've signed them, and all our pilgrimages are there. So catholicconvert.com. 
Oh, fantastic. Well, I will include that link in the podcast of this interview for our listeners. You can get right to where you need to be to find out more about Steve Ray and his upcoming pilgrimage and purchase a book for yourself. Steve, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. God bless you. Safe travels. Thank you, Brenda. God bless you too. Bye-bye. And it is 825 at Mater Day Radio. Well, it's Monday. That means tonight at 730, it is Living Stones with Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers and Ken Hellenius. Tune in for one of their great programs. We have great programming all day long. Go to our website, click on the programming schedule, and you can print yourself out a copy. That's on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors. Financial planning and investment management to help you retire with confidence. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors partners with you to find clarity, build a plan, and invest with your Catholic values in mind. Scheduling a free consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Dei Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 827 at Mater Day Radio. Airline flights set to resume between PDX and Redmond. We'll have that for you in the news. And with a focus on a new bond between the young and the old, Pope Francis marks the third annual World Day for grandparents. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is Unspoken and Just Give Me Jesus. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. I work so hard, trying to open every door. Search near and far, turning over every stone. I close my eyes, still I find no rest, no rest for a restless heart. I've been chasing, putting my faith in, let it fade, let it break into pieces. Just give me Jesus, Jesus, just give me Jesus, there's nothing I desire that can't be found in My dreams, my plans 
house I built on troubled sand. If I gained the world, it would never be. It could never be enough. Just give me Jesus. Unspoken, just give me Jesus. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Calling for a new bond between the young and the old, Pope Francis marked the third annual World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly with an intergenerational Mass Sunday at St. Peter's Basilica. Old age is blessed time, the Pope affirmed in his homily, for it is the season to be reconciled, a time for looking tenderly at the light that has shone despite the shadows, confident in the hope that the good wheat sown by God will prevail over the weeds with which the devil has wanted to plague our hearts. Sunday marked the first time Pope Francis presided over the special people mass since initiating the World Day of Grandparents and the Elderly in 2021. The celebration is now held on the fourth Sunday of July, the Sunday closest to the July 26th feast of Joachim and Anne, the grandparents of Jesus. Joining some 6,000 grandparents and older people at the liturgy were young people bound for World Youth Day in Lisbon, Portugal, which begins August 1st. Before the final blessing of the Mass, five youths and five elderly people representing the five continents process to the front of the Basilica. The elderly people then place pilgrim crosses around the necks of the young ones. So, you know, they have new uh, speakers at St. Peter's Basilica. I wonder if that helped in the uh, in during the mass. I'm sure it did. You know what they are? Oh, oh what are they? Bows. Are they really bows? A bow yeah, system? That's what I could find. They, they, I looked it up. Tried to find. Read on it, and it sounded like uh, bows technology specialists 
help them oh. with the installation. So I'm speculating I'm if it was sure Bose they professionals, probably they're Bose probably system. Bose speakers. So that was very important for me to find that. I'm out. glad. Yes. It'll be wonderful when you get there, David. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> well, but Ibiza has been a busy time for firefighters around the state. They are dealing with as many as six wildfires throughout Oregon. Two of the most difficult blazes are the Flat Fire and the Golden Fire. More than 40 crews are battling the 20,000-acre Flat Fire, which is burning near the town of Agnes at the confluence of the Illinois and Rogue Rivers in southern Oregon. Officials say there is zero containment while crews maintain momentum on hot spots and assess where to put control lines. The other major blaze is the Golden Fire, about 2,000 acres and not contained. Fire started Saturday afternoon on Bly Mountain east of Klamath Falls and continues to spread. Go now evacuation is in place for some residents in the fire zone. Red Cross has set up a shelter at Bonanza High School. In Washington, the Newell Fire has grown to 55,000 acres in Klickitat County. An American Bioethics Center, along with Catholic bishops of the United States, are warning that a proposed redefinition of brain death could lead to dire consequences. With a legal body meeting this week set to vote on the issue, the National Catholic Bioethics Center and the USCCB wrote in a letter that proposed revision to the 1991 Uniform Determination of Death Act would replace the standard of whole brain death with one of partial brain death. The Uniform Law Commission, a nonprofit organization based in Chicago that drafts model legislation for states, is holding its annual meeting in Hawaii and might vote on whether to recommend that U.S. states change the legal definition of death. The NCBC and USCCB warned that the proposed revisions will allow patients who exhibit partial brain function to be declared legally dead when they're not biologically dead. And while John, Pope John Paul said that organ donation can be a genuine act of love that entails a giving something of ourselves, the proposed conditions must be met before vital organs such as the heart may be procured only after death has been determined with moral certitude. Well, here's some good news for would-be travelers to and from Central Oregon. Horizon Air will resume flying between Portland International Airport and the Redmond Municipal Airport in November, restoring a route to stop flying in 2021. The air carrier will make the trip between the two locales between November 29th through April 30th, a time when travel across the Cascade Range can be a bit challenging, if not treacherous, due to snow and icy conditions. Horizon says it stopped flying between Portland and Redmond during the pandemic because of regional capacity constraints. Crew and aircraft shortages have been hindering many airlines. Now, because the newly restored flight is only seasonal, Portland and Redmond still won't have a direct connection for most of the year. On Saturday, volunteers joined as part of an army of citizen scientists in a massive undertaking, a neighborhood-by-neighborhood heat mapping project spanning Multnomah, Washington, and Clackamas counties that will identify the region's 
heat islands, that is the hottest areas that experience the most harmful health effects of rising temperature. The data will help inform local cooling solutions in the most affected neighborhoods and policies to deal with extreme heat and emerging public health threat in the Portland region and across the world. In recent years, climate change has brought severe heat waves, leading to an increase in heat-related deaths and illness in Oregon. Extreme heat now kills more Americans than any other weather event. The heat mapping campaign comes on the heels of Multnomah County filing a lawsuit against fossil fuel corporations over the deadly 2021 heat dome. In the lawsuit, the county says it has already spent millions of dollars establishing emergency cooling centers, supplying air conditioning units to residents, and responding to heat-related illnesses. Then we heard in the last story, NASA scientists say 2023 could go down as the hottest year Ever uh, since records have been kept around the world, and next year could be even hotter because of the El Nino influence, which is a warming of the oceans. And again, they say fossil fuels got to you know got to start. That's it. Uh, it. Recently, I was talking with uh, our our sponsor, our folks there at uh, Solidarity. They are in Phoenix. They, he told me they had uh, twenty or twenty two consecutive days. Over 110, not just triple digits, but over 110 degrees for 20, I think they're expecting 20 days. And more ahead. Oh, gosh. Well, God bless us. Uh, In sports, Brian Harmon won the 151st Open Championship on Sunday, sealing his first major of the career in dominant fashion. 36-year-old had taken a commanding five-stroke lead into the final round. He rebounded from two early bogeys to card a closing one-under 70 to finish 13-under par, securing him a $3 million payday. Harmon ranked 26th in the world, had previously won twice on the PGA Tour, turning pro in 2009, but a runner-up finish at the 2017 U.S. Open had marked the closest the Georgia-born golfer had come to winning one of the sport's top events. Victory in the fourth and final men's major of the year marks the third straight win by an American after Brooks Kepka secured his third PGA championship and Wyndham Clark won a first career major at the U.S. Open. I just want to know who's going to be like the next uh, Phil Mickelson or the next Tiger Woods. Yeah, like what American yeah. is going to be that long-term leading mm. golfer? Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep watching until yeah. he emerges. It's a good question. Throughout history, God has chosen certain individuals to work stunning miracles that reveal his great power and love for all humanity. Among them, St. Charbel has proven time and time again to be a powerful intercessor through whom God desires to reveal his healing touch. He was a humble and holy hermit whose weaknesses became great strengths in the hands of God. Charbel was born in 1828 in Lebanon and was raised in a poor shepherd family. As he grew, Charbel was attracted to the hermit's life of the desert and eventually entered a monastery. He was faithful to his duties in religious life and drew closer to God every day. After many years, Charbel felt God calling him again to become a hermit and was granted permission to live the rest of his life at a hermitage set on a hill near the monastery. Charbel died on Christmas Eve at the age of 70. When his body was later exhumed, it was found to be incorrupt. 
A holy oil was discovered flowing from the tomb, which has since been the source of numerous miracles. While we are never guaranteed a miracle when praying to God through a saint, the process can often transform our hearts and help us be prepared for whatever plan God has designed. So how many miracles has St. Charbel been attributed to? Mm-hmm. With more than 29,000 registered miracles, St. Charbel is considered to have the most miracles out of the over 10,000 saints in the history of the church, second only to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Wow. Isn't that amazing? And, and you were saying that, and I, we got to find this out, they do a wonderful festival. I hope, in Portland. That, I hope that it is still happening. I've not heard uh, if if the Lebanese festival is still happening at St. Charbel's. If it is coming up, you will see me there. Uh, it was fabulous community yeah, of people yeah. and second to the fabulous food they provided. Mm, wonderful. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Coming up this Sunday at St. Stephen's Parish is a medieval festival. They are celebrating the upcoming feast of the finding of this patron saint's relics. A barbecue will begin after the 1030 mass, followed by games including archery, lessons in technique of medieval swordsmen, castle building, and an armor photo studio. There will also be activities including candle making and ribbon crown making david just for you oh thank you remember you can find details on these and other events go to the community calendar materdayradio.com and the hail mary media app so yesterday you talked about this in the news uh grandparents yes uh, day at the vatican right it is yeah so you want to talk some grandparents let's talk about the benefits of grandparents i'm going to take some notes david from you as to my upcoming uh grandmahood well, you're going to hear that right after the forecast. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Hi, my name is Will Detheridge. I grew up going to St. Juan Diego and Holy Trinity in Portland, and I'm a young entrepreneur. My company, Catholics for Hire, helps bring the church into the digital world. Inspired by Blessed Carlo Acutis, Catholics for Hire creates websites, videos, podcasts, and other digital resources to help you evangelize. We also produce print media, such as bulletins, manage social media, and assist with online advertising. Our mission is to get parishes, nonprofits, and even businesses connected to talented young Catholic professionals across the country. If you're looking for a new website, a podcast producer, a newsletter redesign, or more, check out our website at catholicsforhire.com. We ask you to join us in asking our patron to pray for the new evangelization across digital media. Blessed Carlo Acutis, pray for us. 
Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. And it is 845 in Monterey Radio. Well, you can see how the clouds have sort of rolled in. You can see the edge of the cloud line here as it heads toward the south. That could mean some showers later today. We'll just have to wait and see. Little cooler, high of 75 degrees, and then overnight tonight, low of 61. Going to be short-lived, though, as we'll see the morning clouds tomorrow. Then it'll become sunny throughout the day, back up to 80 degrees. Wednesday, 81. Thursday, 81. Friday, 83 under sunny skies. So really a pleasant week ahead. I like that. I would uh, I would welcome a, a few showers today. Oh, kind of yeah. rinse everything off real well. No doubt. Currently, it is 65 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 64 degrees at Our Lady of Sorrows Church in Portland. Are you ready for a second cup of the morning, Glenn? Here's David and Brenda. Uh, every mor- Monday morning is a second cup kind of a morning. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you need to have a few. David, as I had said in the opening this uh, morning at 7 o'clock when we got on the air, we had a big group of people, part of the Encounter Ministries team. Uh, we hosted them for brunch before everybody hit the road back to their homes. Many of them traveled from distances. I think there was uh, there was a team from Boise. Oh, wow. Uh, knew our good friend yeah. Brian Howell there. Yeah, sure. I think there were some from Southern Oregon, Eugene. A California group hmm. of people had actually come up and incorporated this co- conference into their okay. vacation. So it was a wonderful event, but our coffee pot, our coffee maker <laughs> was exhausted. Had busy, huh? Oh, the, if it was not pouring coffee, it was making coffee. Yeah, so Encounter, right? What What is the program? Encounter Ministries. Encounter is Ministries. A, a, I, I don't know if I would say a charismatic renewal, but it, it has, uh, it's, basis in healing healing spiritual mm-hmm. and physical healings kind of and they a, a part of a, a little bit of what's coming up in the archdiocese later in the year that mm-hmm. be healed program with the uh, uh, dr shoots so mm-hmm. it's a, a kind of a newer emerging program but there will be a portland campus that will be teaching this ministry and oh, how okay. to pray with people uh, at ascension parish so this is a nationwide. Oh uh, yes! In fact, I think that there are some places around the world that are beginning the same ministry. There are thousands. I think Scott was at their annual national conference uh, in December, mm-hmm. and there were thousands of people, oh, priests, wow. yeah. religious from all around the country, that were present for this. So it's uh, really starting to gain some speed. So oh, that's great. It was a wonderful day, and as I said, we had some wonderful guests again, including my friends Micah, Emily and Theo. Mm. Theo was great because he said to me, my name is Theodore. 
And I said, oh, do you like to be called Theo or Theodore? And he goes, I don't care what you call me. <laughs> Just real easy about yes. it. I was able to celebrate a belated birthday because the family was so busy. That's and right. This was your birthday weekend. It was. Saturday was your birthday. And and it continues. It's going to continue into next week, too, because I get a camping trip. That was hey, my gift. Okay. Get out of yeah, town nice. uh, coming up soon. But what I found out when I opened up one of my gifts, David, and I have them right here, my glasses. <laughs> I like this. They're all sparkly. It says Glamma. Glamma. On it, like Glamorous Grandma. Right. Yesterday was National Glamma Day. It was, was it? Along with so, everything yeah. else. So I, I had some Glamma. I got a pink feather boa wow. and some sparkly glasses and a, and a bag to carry all of my Grandma treats when I come to visit. It sounds to me like you should have gone to the Barbie movie. <laughs> I've heard that it's getting some good reviews. I don't know anything. I actually have no idea what the 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 plot is of this uh, show. Uh, from what I understood from somebody who went to see it, though, Kate McKinnon is in it as Ugly Barbie because she's got <laughs> crayon and marker and her hair has been cut. I think everybody had that Barbie at some point in their lives. Little girls did. It's about Barbie. It's about Barbie. And, and Ken. And, Ken. Uh, and she did say that in the stay for the credits of that movie because they go through history oh, of wow. all yeah. of the Barbies that they produce. And so that uh, they said it was really wonderful. Well, well, it had an opening weekend of like $155 million. What? It was, it's like one of the biggest opening weekends ever. And I think between that and Oppenheimer, another movie that came out, yes. the two together, the opening was the largest opening weekend at the movies since 2019, pre-pandemic. That's so, incredible. Yeah, so good to see the movies are back, and uh, Barbie, a big part of that. Barbie, so. a big Way part to go, of Barbie. it. Uh, Barbie uh, might be something that grandparents can take their older kids to. I think it's rated PG-13, but there's lots of wonderful things, though, David. I'm looking forward to my grandma hood, because there's some... Uh, incredible value. And I think Pope Francis is really starting to focus on some of the great examples that grandparents have to offer their grandchildren. Yeah, I, I've said this story before with my my parents and, you know, with our kids, their grandchildren. One of the most joyful things that they would do every year for a number of years straight would come up and go to Grandparents Day at our, at, at our Catholic schools with with us, whether it was uh, St. John Fisher or Jesuit High School, it was just such a joy for them to come up and be a part of their school life for a day. And, you know, there, there would always be a lunch and maybe a performance involved and get a chance to go into the classroom and see some of their schoolwork. And so for them as grandparents to our kids, that was just, they just thoroughly enjoyed that. Those are memories that children never forget. And they remember it, too. They, they always look forward to it. Ah, Grandma Grandpa coming up today, Grandparents Day. That's funny you say that. I am pretty sure that Christian still has hanging on his wall. Uh, he could have only been in kindergarten, maybe first grade. A picture of him and Scott's dad, yeah. Grandpa, at St. Joe. They were working on some kind of project. And it's even, the picture itself is in a frame that looks like he scribbled or colored on like they did in school. Right. To hold the picture so the teacher went around and took pictures so they could all have a little picture from Grandparent Day. Uh, see, that's fun. 
I plan to spend many a future grandparents' day with my grandchildren. Well, and I think what Pope Francis was saying, too, with Grandparents' Day and and some of his tweets or quotes about that is, always engage with your grandparents, you know, and always have that relationship, because we've seen this, too. One of the things for folks who get older is loneliness, and mm. and they talk about a healthy lifestyle. You don't want to have that loneliness, and as they find as people get older, that tends to happen. Sure. Yeah, and so you want to always make sure that everyone's involved and included. And especially in recent years and months, when my kids have all gotten their own phones and everything, yeah. it's a good reminder for parents to remind kids call your grandparents Absolutely. if they have that ability to do that if they're with us that is such a gift to still have grandparents so call your grandparents yeah the, the, on your own and and just talk to them it is a joy of my my parents when my my kids call them and then they call me right and say oh I talked to. Yeah. I talked to them. They called yeah. me, and then they relay about how excited they are to hear. Just they just want to know what they're doing. Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah so very uh, true. I I look forward to many of future just grandparent day. Lots of time spent on the couch reading books. That's uh, my favorite. Is that your favorite That's thing my to favorite. do? Yeah, I love reading the books for All sure. All right. Well, spend a little time, make a phone call today, or just sit down and read a book together. We hope you enjoy today's second cup. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio. Join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Day Radio as we pray the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. 
Summertime is a great time to drive the open road. Unless your old reliable wheels just aren't up to the task anymore. You know who could use that old car? Mater Dei Radio. You can donate most vehicles, cars, trucks, vans, RVs, and boats to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program with the proceeds supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast. And in return, getting yourself a likely tax deduction. More information on our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot to start the day on Mater Day Radio. 8.56 at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast this morning. Got about a 50% chance of showers. A little cooler today, high of 75 degrees. Overnight low is 61. And then morning clouds for tomorrow becoming sunny, a high of 80. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sunny, low 80s. So uh, kind of a perfect summer uh, week ahead. Currently 64 degrees in the Rose City. And here is Dupree, Meet Me on the Mountain. Stand up if you want to have faith. Hands up if you want to be saved. Let's go up high where they can hear us. And take up your cross and be fearless. Come with me. We're all going to see.
That is Dupree and Meet Me on the Mountain. It is 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, that's going to wrap it up for the Morning Blend on this Monday. David and Brenda with you. Thank you so much for joining us. A full week ahead, last full week of July. Okay, well, let's make the most of it. We should, absolutely. That is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. We hope that you all have a very blessed day.